You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 106 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and welcome to 2021! I wish we were actually in 2021 when we we're recording this, but that's okay. We're so we're getting close. We're getting very, very close. We're once again cheating with the time traveling we can do with podcasting. We are. So if our future versions could come back, even if it's in dreams, and just let me know how you know the new years and everything's shaping up, that'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and maybe maybe uh, our future selves c- could tell us a bit about if uh, 2021 already looks better than 2020 or not. <laughs> I don't want to know. I just want to assume it's going to be better. And if it's not, just don't tell me. I I can't handle another bad year. (laughs) So today we are starting out uh, this uh, 2021 year with a bit of a lighthearted and fun topic because we're going to do an alternating list of dum 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 five book ideas i won't write uh, so this should be fun autumn i'm looking forward to it i like i said i i had i have some comments on it later when we get there but it was interesting because i really did pull out my file my little folder and dusted it off of ideas of things i'd picked at and i have to say i was like oh i like that one. Oh, i like that one. Oh, i forgot about that so that's just horrible <laughs> i actually had a hard time finding five i wanted to let go of so this will be oh, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, and I went a bit of a different direction with my five list. So I just tried to find some some of the most crazy shit you can think of and say, this is definitely never going to be a story. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what they are. They're going to inspire someone somewhere, which is going to be really yeah. awesome. And if they do, if it does, you have to let us know in the comments if something we give you today does inspire something. Just Just let us know because that'd be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But how are things uh, over at your place then? Oh, it's pretty good. You know, right now it's December. It's a little snowy. Um, Vermont is so pretty right now. And I'm still thrilled because I finished that massive website rebuild. And I feel like, you know, life is maybe evening out. Though I did realize because... I kind of, you know, I'm writing this series that I'm hoping to release as soon, the first book as soon as early or late February in 2021, Mm. which is like, what, two months away from when this is released very soon. And I realized like I had a missing piece I wanted to add. I woke up one morning going, oh, I have, that's what I was missing. I have to add that and did this and another extra chapter kind of developed. And I'm looking at it going, this is kind of big and this is the last book and I want to finish it by December 31st. So if my future self could come back and let me know if I managed to do that, please let, please do so. Because I looked at it today and I'm like, I've got to write a chapter a day again, or I'm not going to finish this. And mm-hmm. maybe I should just go and edit book. What's actually book two. And I don't know what to do, but I really want to finish writing this. And it's, it's definitely, I'm getting close to the climax um, that, final tension that's building towards a climax and i'm loving the storyline i'm loving the character so i don't want to stop no i'll just finish it just finish it and so if i have to not you know publish 
book to February the end February twenty eighth. I guess I can do that, but I really, 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 really want to. So I don't know. It's a lot going on in my head. <laughs> but you, oh, well, at, least if, hmm. at least if you finish it, then you can sort of tick that one off the yes. list. Like uh, at least I mean that then that's done. That's done. And, and maybe, you can, edit. maybe you can edit it a bit faster or something. Yeah. Who knows? I, I, I will keep my fingers crossed because I think that's the best plan. And definitely why I've got the momentum going, I want to keep writing. So even if it's not quite a chapter a day, but with the holidays coming up and COVID lockdown, I'm not going anywhere. I, you know, maybe my vacation will be writing two chapters. I did that over the weekend. I wrote 5,000 words on Saturday. I was just like, I want to write today. And I just wrote a story small storm um so if i have to do that over vacation you know maybe that's what'll be my holiday spend some time with my husband go for a walk write five thousand words (laughs) that'll be my christmas yeah why not (laughs) why not (laughs) so things are still exciting on your end i mean you've moved and you're with boxes how is everything over there yeah, still pretty chaotic, to be honest. <laughs> and it probably will be for a couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, I'm going tomorrow to the house to hand over the keys to the new owners. So they're probably very excited about that. I think uh, this past weekend, we took a, a trip. I was about to say it was it's not that far. It's like 15 kilometers, right? So, no but we went back to the house this weekend from the apartment where we live in now with the kids just to say goodbye to the house. Um, oh. And the uh, the oldest uh, son, he, he went around saying goodbye to everything from toilets to cupboards to <laughs> everything, got a goodbye. Uh, and uh, my wife, she did find it a bit sad. Uh-huh. Uh, and my youngest, he was just like, he couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> he was just walking around like I, he didn't care. Oh. Uh, he, his main concern was the garden where he he was like, oh, I played football here. This is where I learned my tricks and stuff like that. <laughs> but that was pretty much uh, his only concern. So, uh, yeah. So that's going to be the ending of that chapter tomorrow, yeah. uh, officially. Um, uh, but otherwise I've just been putting furniture together and uh, the kids room is starting to look a bit better now but the rest of the apartment is still a complete mess (laughs) oh you know put some holiday decorations on the boxes and stack them in tree shapes and just go with it yeah maybe I have to do that we'll see (laughs) a week on the internet with the am writing fantasy podcast I'm quite pleased with the uh, reception of the world building course, Autumn. I am too. This was, I mean, especially we're launching it in 2020, which we already know is the doomed year of the planet. <laughs> I enjoyed talking with our, our special guest who's the interview that when this is released, it'll have been the last episode with Brian Cohen. And when I was talking to him, he called it a generational year. It's like, this is the one we will talk about for our kids, you know, so many people will talk about this year for so long. And I'm like, wow, that is so impactful. I hadn't thought of it that way. So, yes, we released a course in 2020. And I'm thrilled with how many people are interested in pr- picking it up at the VIP launch. It's a good feeling. Yeah, because essentially we only did a very limited launch, meaning that we only announced it to the podcast listeners as well as to our email list. But that was it. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty happy to see that there's been quite some interest and uh, a lot of new students joining as well, which I think is very, very good. Because imagine 
having spent two years building this course and then nobody was interested. That would be so horrible. That would have been the capstone to 2020, but it just didn't go that way. <laughs> so I'm not complaining, especially since the week before we launched the course, I realized that now is the time if there ever was a time to rebuild the website and spending a week doing that right before we launched a course, not one course, but two courses, because we also launched the self-publishing success free course at the same time. And yeah, that was a whole, it was so much work for you and I over two years planning this and doing the videos and then building it and then rebuilding the website all of a sudden. So Yay, thank you everyone who picked it up and said that they were interested or even if they said it was they're interested and it's not the right time. Oh, just feedback. Feedback is just what keeps us going. It's the the breadcrumbs that feed us when in the in these years of trying times. Yeah, it, it's very nice uh, to to get the occasional emails from from people <laughs> who who find that something we said or wrote or whatever really helped them. So that's wonderful. Um, and we're also starting to see a few signups for for that free course already. So so that I'm pleased about that. I can't be, I can't remember if it was episode 102 or maybe it was 101 i don't know you can go back and check that if you missed it but we did explain in in a quite recent episode what this free course entails but uh, but i don't know maybe just as a service i'll add the link to the free course once again in the show notes to this episode so if you missed it you can you can go and check it out but uh yeah it is definitely, I guess the courses, it feels so good to be really close to completing like we did in our, in a recent, in our 21st, on the 21st, the podcast we released. And we looked at our goals for 2020 and how we did and what we're planning on doing in 2021. And it felt good to not only say we're really close to hitting all of our goals in 2020, but we actually did a couple of other things that we didn't anticipate at the time. So it might have been a trying and difficult year, but I think we're coming through it doing pretty good. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's too bad. I mean, it, for, <laughs> well, it, it depends on how you look at it, right? I mean, from, from the sort of world health perspective and stuff like that, it's a terrible year. <laughs> but, uh, but I think from... Uh, from the business side of, of what we're doing ourselves, I think it's it has been pretty good uh, in the sense that we've gotten a lot of that. Well, what you and I in our internal meetings call uh, platform building, uh, we've gotten a lot of that sorted this year. So uh, hopefully, heading into next year, we can focus uh, on writing. So Yay! that's going to be exciting. I'm so excited. And on to today's topic. So I, I think, first of all, as we get into this, uh, we also have to be honest and say that there are no bad story ideas. That's true. Because it is all about execution. Um, quite recent, uh, I wrote an email um, to, my, uh, to the email list mm -hmm. where I said that, imagine Frank Herbert, so the author of the classic Dune, so, but imagine him explaining his story. So he will say something like, my story takes place on an alien planet where there are these uh, giant sandworms. And then I've included this awesome drug that allows you to see into the future. And then the hero will unlock genetic memories and acquire all the knowledge of his ancestors. I mean, that, that sounds pretty <laughs> stupid, right? It sounds like, well, are you marketing to sci-fi? or new age or who are you trying to target with this one so yeah it yeah. it's you have to have faith in your own story idea 
And just like, and as you're saying, there's no bad story ideas, and there's also no really stealing story ideas. There's a couple here that I'm, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm kind of still fond of. But as we've discovered when you and I were debating what we were going to write and the series that we're going to be writing together this year, is that one of the ideas I actually was using in another story idea, and they've come out so different. I don't think you would ever realize that they sprouted from the same seed. They're completely different. So I'm not that worried about giving away these ideas and someone being like writing the exact story that was in my heart and soul because you just can't do it. One, I'm already a little screwed up, but you know, how I look at it, the characters I create, the worlds I create, it's going to change any of these stories into something else. So if something here sparks something in you, write it take it run with it it'll be that's what 2021 is all about follow your dreams we just put a whole heck of a year behind us so start off with something you're passionate about if this is what works for you oh yeah i agree i mean just think about uh, tolkien as well right yes my story is about this little creature called a hobbit it carries a ring that has the power to rule the world that also sounds incredibly stupid but at the end of the day there was an epic tale that came out of that right so and as you say if i sit down and write that story based on that and you do the same or somebody else i mean it's going to be different stories all of them so uh Absolutely. Have I ever told you, speaking of The Hobbit, that one of my favorite stories about that is I know a, a, I think a father who read the story to his kids and he always changed Bilbo to a woman, a female character, because he said it made more sense. She was after this ring and I just died laughing. So there you go. (laughs) Even while you're reading a classic, I I wonder when his kids will realize Bilbo's not a girl. Hey. Was she called Bilbino? No, I think he kept Bilbo. <laughs> hey, you know, some names are genderless. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. No, no, but uh, for sure. I mean, it, it is all about execution. So uh, I'm going to make fun of some ideas here um, right. in my five, but, uh, but please don't uh, take it as trying to offend anybody. If you have a similar story or, <laughs> or what do I know or you have thought about it, then uh, you can certainly execute all my stuff uh, as well in, in a manner of that it'll probably, well, not maybe all of them is that good, but, <laughs> but they can probably be executed in one way or another anyway. But uh, yeah, and I hey, think we just needed to get that out of the way first. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we are not trying to offend anyone's story ideas. We're trying to make you laugh. And that's what I was going to say. Maybe they'll there's some ideas here will make you chuckle. Maybe they'll free up something in your head and you'll be like, uh, you'll be more willing to experiment with your own ideas. Or maybe it'll be something that just resonates and was the missing piece to a story you want to write. So it's, you know, we're starting off a new year. Let's have some fun and inspire each other and see where it goes. Yeah. So do you want to start with your number five or one, depending on which order we, it doesn't matter. Mine are in no particular order. It's just, it's just ideas. So we'll flip a coin. Do you want me to start with one that's very well developed or one that's pretty much a loose cannon? Um, a loose cannon first. All right. So I'm going to start at the back of my list. I'm going to start at number five and go to number one, which is definitely the most developed. All right. Okay. So here we go. So this is an idea that I really like, but this one I haven't developed much at all. So this is one where you have a heroine who is ultimately supremely good, like holier than holy 
good. And she is up against an evil that is the ultimate evil. And no matter how much it's tried to end or kill this evil, it can't be. Until it's realized that the heroine's wonderful goodness is the perfect prison for the ultimate evil. So she becomes his living jail. And so I like this topic. I mean, I don't have a world setting characters, but I like this one because it explores the idea of what if you are good, but you are suddenly harboring evil inside of you? I mean, how does that affect who you are, how you act, how your friends or your loved ones perceive you? And even more than that, what happens if the evil corrupts you? If you're no longer perfectly good, can that great evil you're the prison for escape? But if you've been tainted by evil, hasn't the evil been also tainted by good? So not to mention you've had this guy in your head for like, who knows how long. Will you secretly be friends? Will you maybe be more than friends when it's another free entity again? So I just think there's so many cool questions with this one that I've played around with it in my head for ages, but it's not gotten any further than those are some really fun and cool questions. Yeah, yeah, I was curious. So is that why you put it on the list of things you would not write because you can't figure out what to do with it? Or because at at the bottom of it, it sounds like a pretty good idea, to be honest. <laughs> hey, believe it or not, it's one I shared when we were debating what to write together. But I just, yeah, I don't know where to go with it. And so someone else will maybe they'll go somewhere with it. Maybe, you know, if I live forever, <laughs> I will get to it eventually. <laughs> But I mean, I have probably four or five. Not, I mean, we have what we're writing together. I have a series I'm writing. I have a series I'm going to write after that. I might write more, write one more series in my elemental fantasy world. So I wouldn't get to this one for probably three or four years. Maybe by then I'll have figured it out. So I'm putting it out there. So if someone else is inspired, let me know. I think it's a fun idea. And I think there's a lot of people who struggle with that idea of you know feeling good but having evil inside of you or vice versa and how does that change who you are if people knew the secrets you kept inside i think it's a great mm. story idea and if someone wants to write it this is a good setup to try yeah yeah i don't think it's that bad either <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep that in mind if something comes to my mind <laughs> yeah yeah okay well um I can start my list out very simple before I start going crazy with okay, the other ones. So, good. yeah, this first one is just very simple and straightforward, I guess. But this is like the most cliche-filled story idea I could think <laughs> of, and this is why it's on the list of things I will not write. All right. So um, this is the heir to a, tr- a throne disco- uh, discovers that he is the heir, mm-hmm. but. His evil uncle wants to prevent him from getting into power and therefore tries to get rid of him. Oh, right? right. That's it. <laughs> Very simple, straightforward. This, I mean, this being an heir to a throne stuff, I freaking hate it. It's just, it is always there it and is. I really don't like it. Um, so I, I, I don't want to do anything coming to do up. with heirs. Yes, I was going to say, I have two of those coming up. So it's kind of, yeah, it's it's something that, yeah, maybe we, I think if we wrote it together, we'd have to try to find some other aspect of it. But it's yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's there because it's something that is just it's a trope that people understand instantly. Yeah, so there's nothing yeah. wrong with it's it. Just, no, no, and, and it, it might also be that uh, it's just me who is allergic to it. But <laughs> I, I don't know. But I just feel like I've seen it too many times that it it's 
it's a well, like we said before, it's a trope because uh, people like it, and that's why it's repeated. Uh, <laughs> but I think this particular one, at least in my mind, and this is only my opinion, of course, but in my mind, it is overused. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I, I don't want to do anything with airs. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, I think it's one reason Game of Thrones was kind of fun because there were airs. But often the heirs didn't end up on the throne. Actually, most of them ended up dead. But yeah. well, the women ended up claiming heirship and saying, screw you all. It's, this is where I deserve to sit. And so it was a lot more chaotic and fun. And you also could see that there would have been a lot more, lot less fighting in the world, maybe if it was more Claire who got to be the next ruler and people stopped trying to kill him off. Yeah, but also Game of Thrones is... It's about the politics. It is not about the heir realizing, oh, I'm the heir. And uh, I mean, that's a very different story, right? Um, So it's not that you can't have heirs in my view. I mean, in Game of Thrones, it did not annoy me um, because that was not what the story was about. Uh, It was about the factions fighting each other and stuff like that. Uh, It was a war story. Yes. Uh, Whereas if the story is centered around oh, I'm the heir and now I want to take my seat at the power and then somebody tries to stop me or whatever. I mean, I'm already falling asleep, so <laughs> you better move on before I <laughs> before I nod off here. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. That'll be interesting to see what you think of the two that heirs pop up in on my ideas. All right, okay. yes. <laughs> All right, so you ready for my number four? Okay. All right, so this is one that, I actually might use if I continue writing in my world of Sundark, which is where my next series that I'll be writing, Black Throne, Black Blood, is set. So this is one about a heroine. You'll notice I have a lot of heroines. I just write that kind of story. But from an earlier time in the world that this is set. So she gets on the wrong side of a more powerful demigod and is accused of betraying him. So her punishment, one of her punishments, is to be sent through time to the far future, which lands her in a world where a lot has changed. She is now the only demigod from the dawn time of her world. And all of her friends are now myths and magic is diluted. So she needs to adapt while missing all the things that she once had and feeling unjustly accused of something that she probably, I never figured that out, didn't do. And she's still constrained by some of the other punishments, which one of them is that she could no longer give her name or access her home. So all of these things that were how she identified herself were stripped from her. So it kind of goes into the question of how do you seek justice when the one who punished you is long gone? Or how do you reclaim a part of who you are that's been taken from you by someone that you can't ask for it to be returned from? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. You'll see, I, I like these philosophical questions. I think they're somehow buried. No, I, I like them. <laughs> they're buried in the heart uh, of the stories. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the kind of stories that also makes you think a bit about something that, you know, it it has some something that it says other than just there's somebody fighting somebody yeah. else and then woohoo, they won, right? I mean, I like the... I especially like the well, in, as you know already, but I like endings where it's a bit gray area, yeah. you know, sort of like maybe the hero wins, but then again, there is some stuff like, like, yeah, this is not so good. I like those kind of endings where it's a bit like, it depends on almost how you see it. Yes. Uh, I like those kind of stories. Yes. I mean, I definitely tend to Noble Bright, but I also like 
those tweaks where it's not perfect. It's not what you expect. There's a little bit of bitterness with the good because I hate to say it in life. I think um, if you didn't know a little bit of sadness, you would never appreciate the wonderfulness. It's you got to have a little, you got to have that balance to understand how when things are good, that they're really good because you know, you know, it's not going to be good at some point because of some reason. No, I agree. I think for in terms of story ideas that you would never write, you need to up your game a bit here. <laughs> You're coming up with good ideas. That was not the point. <laughs> uh, to me, I don't know if I'll ever get to this one because I like the idea. But again, you know, I can only write. So this one would again be three, four, five years out there. So I don't mind sharing some good ones. Maybe I misunderstood the concept, but I opened up, like I said, I, I dove into my my dusty file of topics that I've filed away and I pulled out ones that I just don't know if I'll get to, but I don't mind sharing. Oh, that's fair. Okay. All Ooh. right. I want to hear the fun one. All right. All right. So we like to have nations at war in our stories, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So how about this one? This is this is so stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a story about a war, uh-huh. but, but told from the perspective of a mule, which has to pull the cart with all the walkie in it. <laughs> I love it. I can already feel the characterization in my head. That mule is going to kick people a lot. <laughs> And it's just a really angry mule. Yes, you have to you have to listen to angry mule's thoughts for three hundred pages. <laughs> I, it would be a challenge. It would be at least a good short story, but that'd be really fun. And it's a good idea to just you know write a story from a very uncommon perspective that you wouldn't expect. I think it's adorable. <laughs> Could, maybe it could be a children's book, actually. Uh, oh, but, yeah. Uh, I'm certainly not going to write it, but maybe, <laughs> maybe that act, that could actually work. I think so. I think yeah. there would definitely be something in it that would be adorable, and you could easily have some kind of redemption for the mule at the end if it was a children's <laughs> book where he's not quite a sourpuss or gets a happy ending on a nice field somewhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe it... Uh, maybe it does some grandiose deed that the, even the war horses couldn't oh, manage. That would be, ooh, I like that. Yeah, see, like, yeah. It's already there. It's there. <laughs> see, this is a good story idea. I'm not going to write it, but uh, yeah, somebody can see it. Okay. I, I can see it now. So yeah, definitely. If anyone's going to pick this one up, you have to let us know in the comments. I want to go read it. It sounds so sweet. <laughs> All right, you ready for my number three? This is another big one. Hey, yeah. All right, so this one, this is one of my early attempts to write face stories. And I actually wrote a short story called Ellswood, which is a, it's a free short story that you can go check out on my website if you wanted to. But maybe it'll seed some ideas for you. But I think there's definitely something more that can be developed out of this one. But I doubt I'll ever get back to this one because bits might be pulled into the current story, the Fae stories I'm writing now in the Tainted Fae, but it's I'm done with this one. So this one's free. Go for it. Uh, this is about a young girl whose grandmother discovers the garden around her cottage in Maine is actually a haven for pixies and fairies. And the stream on the property actually marks a boundary between our world and the Fae. And, you know, that's all well and good until her granddaughter discovers this as well. 
and meets the son of the fake queen. So, you know, afraid that her granddaughter will be stolen away to the world of the fae, she manages to win a bargain from the queen that her son will never appear to her granddaughter as a young man, as long as she lives. So these two are still, they still manage to be best of friends because he takes the form of a wren. And you know how fae promises go, especially considering mm-hmm. human years aren't really that long so when she inherits the property yeah go have fun with that the son of the fake queen and the granddaughter of of this old lady who has been secretly harboring fairies in her yard and and you know uh, well this is i don't know why but my mind always took turns to the dark side <laughs> but uh, as soon as you said as long as she's alive then my oh okay then i started thinking about okay then well, how can we kill her <laughs> so i don't know I, i'm always cruel well uh, you know the fae don't know known to be a little cruel and i never said if she was light fae or dark fae so this could totally go that way evil step maybe the evil fae queen but yeah, yeah. I think. See, it's already inspired you. I feel very satisfied for spe- sending that one off into the world. Yeah, actually, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I didn't expect to get inspired from this, uh, these kind of things, but it's has happened two or three times now already. <laughs> so, uh, okay, that's good. Good, good, good. Okay, do you want another number three? Yes, let's go for yours. One probably goes a bit crazy. <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait to see so, you off the rails. <laughs> So this is a story about an insane hypnotist. Ooh. Okay, so stay with me. So this hypnotist is hellbent on mentally crushing the girl he loves. Not quite sure why. Uh, and then somewhere in here in the story, there is a gigantic kite that is raised to rid the land of an unnatural infestation of birds. <laughs> How does that sound? <laughs> hypnotist, a kite... Maybe he's surprising <laughs> the birds. I it sounds very interesting. This sounds like an improv comedy skit, which Brian Cohen and I got into talking about improv a little bit. So this is definitely something that someone would throw up to you when you're doing improv and you would have to come up with something in five minutes. So I think there's possibilities here. Yeah, and you know what? I actually have a secret. Oh really? Because this was a bit of a trick. It is actually a real story. You're kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> it is, and it's also it's written by the author who more or less created the vampire genre. So maybe you know who that is. Happy Bram Stoker. Yes, it is. <laughs> really? Yes, isn't that insane? <laughs> it's a, the the story is called the Lair of the White Worm. <laughs> and it is about an insane hypnotist, and there is a, like a gigantic kite to rid the land of bird infestations. <laughs> it's, it sounds completely crazy. <laughs> sounds complete. I have to go look this up when we're done now. And um, I, I had a little mouse tell tell me I might be getting a Kindle for the holidays for Yule, so I will have to go see if I can find it and put it on my possibly future Kindle. Even though I'm getting yeah, it, a take going, no, no, you're not. That's not what I said. I think you need. I think you need to go in there with the, your very, very low expectations because this is what this story is just. It has been slaughtered, and it's it's on list of the worst stories ever and stuff like that. So I think it's very bad. Oh my goodness! Well, that makes me. You know, if I feel good, if someone like Bram Stoker can uh, write a flop, so that makes <laughs> yeah so much. Yeah, I mean, it, it should give uh, the rest of us uh, a bit of. Um, 
well, hope, right? <laughs> even if, if we write some shitty stories as well, then, uh, well, even the best of them can do that as well. So that's good. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So, yes, I was... I think we all need to like loosen up occasionally, even if it's flash fiction, write something totally out there because it makes you remember writing can be fun and giggly and it doesn't always have to make logical sense. So it could be 800 words. It doesn't have to be very long, but go write, go write the Jabberwocky, which is one of my favorite poems, by the way. So I used to actually have like half of it memorized. So go write, go write your own version of the Jabberwocky and, and just have fun with words for a little while all right so we're moving into my definitely this is one that i have actually plotted out kind of level uh-huh. of story but this is one that I, we mentioned the air so this is well, well you'll have to see how you feel about this one you ready oh. <laughs> yeah. so this is more of a traditional medieval fantasy tale that's almost arthurian and like I said, I picked away and there's actually two short stories I've written called A Bargain's Price and All is Lantern Light that are, again, on my website for free. If you would like to get inspired, feel free. But in this one, a noble has risen up and claimed the throne away from the legitimate royal family. The youngest child, though, was allowed to live and grow as long as he swore fealty to the new king, which, you know, added legitimacy to his claim of his new throne. But the story really begins when the young prince and his lover, who is his best friend and another noble household son, uh, they begin to plot it to reclaim the throne that has been stolen. And so there's, I've got a lots of notes in this one from the noble son's orchestrated death, where the prince actually stabs him to make it look real. Uh, and this frees the noble from watchful eyes so that he can go and learn to forge a kingmaker's sword to give the prince and, of course, all the problems of loving another man while being the heir to the throne and you're expected to become the king and marry a woman and produce heirs. So, you know, there's a little bit of a love entanglement that I thought would be kind of a fresh take on the story. And I love the idea. It's sort of the Excalibur with the Kingmaker sword. So it's kind of that kind of story. Hmm. Yeah, that could work. (laughs) It could. Like I said, I was intrigued enough that I wrote two short stories on it, but I haven't gone any further. I just, it didn't have enough magic, I think, for me. Maybe someone else can take it and add more magic, but I like the characters, and that's what kept drawing me back to it, as I kind of really loved the main characters, and the I really actually liked the noble's son, and he was really kind of pissed at his lover, the prince, for stabbing him quite so hard. <laughs> so. Right. I had that whole, I could hear them having the argument later once he healed, which took several months, by the way. <laughs> right, yeah. No, 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 I can see that. That's not too bad. All right. Mm. So, you forgive that it's an air story. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, maybe we tweak it a bit, but otherwise, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So, what's your crazy one? Okay, number four. Yes. So, Imagine a world in which resources are very scarce. So people will naturally want to protect what they have, right? Right. So, so far, so good. That's That sounds pretty normal up until this point. Uh, then I think people are getting guard dogs to help them, well, guard. Mm, yeah. <laughs> However, they probably go overboard in training the dogs so that they become very vicious attack dogs, all of them. Ooh. So now you have a city where it's basically dangerous to go outside because there's just vicious dogs everywhere. 
<laughs> I, I don't know if there's really enough meat on that bone to uh, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> Very funny metaphor there, yeah. dogs and bones. I don't know if there's enough to go anywhere with that, uh, to be honest. But uh... Again, I think it could definitely go somewhere. I mean, dog stories, I like dog stories. There was a, a very good futuristic one where dogs were intelligent enough that they were nannies, but they were like, you know, they were looking for rights of basically as citizens because their, their intelligence had been upped that much. So I think there's always room for the people who, um, like me, love dogs, as you might have heard him bark and I touched him. Sorry, while we were podcasting. And so my dog had a bark at me. He was so indignant that I, I touched his royal hide. Right, yeah. <laughs> the wrong time. So I like that. So Gar, I'm like, yeah, hmm. This could be. I have a kick as well to it. Oh, really? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why is that? What if I tell you that I was on boardpanda.com <laughs> earlier today. I don't know why, but uh, I was on there late, earlier today and that was where I got this from, uh, uh-huh. this idea from. Because it is actually so, so that in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, mm-hmm. there is a state law that states the following. Dogs are prohibited from chasing people or other animals. <laughs> how, how is that supposed to work? I just don't get it. Well, do you give the dog a ticket if it chases somebody? Yeah, I don't know. How are you supposed to make sure that the dogs aren't chasing another animal? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't think I could understand that one. Well, yeah, that would, I was going to say, might have got a little small little thing, and he still goes after squirrels like there's no tomorrow. So good luck training a dog not to chase anything but i don't understand i mean the the article on boardpanda.com is five years old so i'm i don't know if it's still the law there but uh if we have any listeners from kentucky can you please let us know one why in the world was this law put in place in the first place (laughs) and also how are you supposed to enforce it i I don't understand I, i not having a dog, I guess, because that's about the only way to keep well, it. Yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. goodness. I can't. Imagine. Okay. All right. You ready for my final one? Yeah. All right. So this one I like, but it's more of a space opera, which, so even though I really like the story and the characters, I, if I wanted to write a space opera, this is not a genre that I'm quite ready to branch into and I'd have to read a whole bunch of books and I don't know if I'm going to take the time. I like fantasy space operas. I have to find a way of putting in galactic dragons or something to make it worth (laughs) my time. So this is my second air one. And you'll have to see what you think of this one because it's one where I like to um, turn the tables on what is the common trope. So the heir of the galactic empire is a young woman. But her father would rather see her younger brother on the throne. But he can't just name his son without breaking hundreds of years of traditions. So officially, no heir has been declared, even though it's assumed it will be his daughter. So this, of course, leads to a lot of political maneuverings, as well as hurt family feelings. Just what you want when you're the Galactic Empire. So until the daughter and presumed heir 
says to hell with it and leaves. She sneaks off, goes to a tiny far-flung world where she's just not known and they don't really care who the emperor is at all. And of course, lo, she discovers life without a family name is not as easy as she expected, but she earns a place eventually through probably an entire trilogy and skills and even manages to fall in love, of course. But even that idol can only last so long before the problems of an empire come calling. So this one I do have, again, a short story written called The Lost Heir on my website. But I just, I did, I loved um, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman did write uh, a whole series that was a galactic space opera. And it really, I loved it. It was one of my favorite stories for a very long time. And I think that's where the heart of this one comes from is like, I want to do that too. But space opera, starships and worlds, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm, yeah the jury is still out on this one uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i understand but at least the one world where it's set was going to be more traditional fantasy medieval and i still i look at the overall story going i wonder if i can just get rid of the whole spaceship thing <laughs> so we'll have to see it might pop up someday but it's so back I'd rather write number five first, and I don't even have characters or a world for that one. No, okay. Yeah, I see. Okay, I have a number five for you All as right. well. I want to hear this one. This will be fun. Yeah, I might have been running out of steam here towards the end, so uh, <laughs> I went to uh, plotgenerator.org.uk <laughs> and uh, it came up with the most terrible story idea, so I thought I'd put that one in as Excellent. well. Excellent. I can't wait to hear it. So, yeah, so it just generates a random uh, plot, uh, and and this is what it says. So, when a plumber from Madrid decides to start eating people, not everybody is supportive. (laughs) I don't understand that part either. Why would anybody be supportive? I don't know. But then it goes on to say, however, his fortunes improve when his golf caddy opens a zoo. The plumber remembers that he actually killed his golf caddy 10 years previously. It's like, what? It's just a complete mess. There's no point at all. Uh, yeah. Well, one, thank you for telling me there's a plotgenerator.org, which I did not know. And now whenever I am bored is going to totally be the website I go and hang out on. But um, what? <laughs> it's just like it makes no sense at all. No. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I guess. And even if you. And you put it into a fantasy setting, you know, you can get rid of Madrid and then put some fantasy city in there. And and you can do some other things with uh, maybe he's not golfing, he's doing something else. But it's like, first of all, why is people, would they consider supporting somebody eating people? (laughs) I don't understand. And why is it that his fortunes improve because... His golf caddy opens a zoo. What has that to do with anything? I <laughs> well, don't see, my mind went through. Well, he's he's opening. Um, yeah, I don't. Maybe it's another way of eating people. <laughs> I don't know. That's the only reason he'd be happy. Easier access to um, dinner, but <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God, he could dress <laughs> a tiger, maybe. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty bad, right? But <laughs> actually, speaking of the internet, uh, I also came across a post on Reddit yeah. uh, where 
just a, it was a thread about really bad uh, story ideas. So I was just looking through to see mm-hmm. what there was there. And somebody posted something that in this thread about bad story ideas where I was like, I'm, I would actually like to read this. I don't think it's a bad idea, but oh, really? it said, what if it was a book about Middle Earth from Sauron's perspective? Oh, I mean, yeah. Why would that be bad? I, I think that would be cool. I think it would be really cool, too. It's it's the unwritten viewpoint of the entire series. I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I don't know why that was on a list of bad ideas. Oh. That sounds cool to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe he assumed since it hadn't been written, it was a bad idea. Or maybe he wanted someone to tell him that, no, it's actually a good idea. Because that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I also find two really weird book titles. Oh, you want to hear those? Yes, definitely. (laughs) So the first one is "Do It Yourself Coffins." (laughs) (laughs) Before you need it. I don't understand why you would do that, but uh, that just made me laugh so bad. (laughs) Uh, And another one was uh, I also don't understand this one. It's called "Knitting with Dark Hair." Oh, I'm just asking, why? Why would you do that? I have actually seen a dog hair blanket, but I kind of agree. I, I was not tempted to wrap myself in it. It was one of those little artsy craft things where at a at a main um, festival that I was like, oh, that's. I hope did you just you know sit there and you have a dog that sheds a lot and this is what your solution? I don't know, but yeah, no, not. <laughs> oh no i mean oh some of this just made me laugh so oh, bad that's good i like i said i think we all need to remember that writing we take it serious we, it doesn't have to be we should remember that there are fun things you can go and have some fun stories write a write a fun 500 word story and just be goofy and loose with it like i said write the jabberwocky which is all just nonsensical fun words to say and clickety clack claws and go ahead do all those things that they tell you not to do with like alliteration and it's why not it's fun go sing song with your five-year-old niece and and remember language is just you know it's not all about being serious all the time no no indeed i mean the main thing to take away from all of this is really that story ideas they might sound dumb yeah but if we do our job as authors really really well we can transform what sounds stupid into something magical, right? Something that will sweep the reader off their feet and carry them into another realm. So I think that's what we need to keep in mind. And that's really the the takeaway from all of this. So uh, I hope we uh, (laughs) at least made a few people laugh a bit. At least that was the intention. (laughs) And also uh, maybe we, yeah, maybe we inspired a few ideas as well. I don't know. That'd be great. But uh, let us know. So next Monday, we are going to share an alternative way to engage with your email list, one that Autumn came up with. So see you then. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.